welcome to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. Hello and good afternoon, or actually good evening to my AOWs. I hope you guys are doing amazing. In this week's episode, I wanted to talk about progesterone intolerance. Another way to put this would be progesterone sensitivity or progesterone allergy. I went over to my Instagram and crowdsourced today. I was looking for podcast topics. And as a creator, I guess, if if we want to call myself a creator, you kind of start to feel like you say the same things all the time. And you start to wonder if that's going to annoy your audience to any specific degree. And the thing is, is I'm probably not, or you might not feel like I'm saying the same thing all the time, or maybe you do. Um, But I think that's why it's always good to check in with people who are following me or listen to the show to kind of say, what are you guys interested in, you know, this month, this time of the year, this season, because certainly you may not have been, although I wish you were listening to me years and years and years ago. And so to me, it always seems like I'm repeating myself or I'm doing the same show over and over again. So I appreciate you guys weighing in. If you don't already follow me over on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, I'm at Heather Hirsch MD pretty much everywhere. And I really encourage you to do so because I let you guys weigh in on a lot of the topics. I love to take polls and really get the pulse from my followers as well as my patients. So if you don't know, I see patients through MIDI Health, which is the first and best virtual platform for women in midlife and perimenopause and menopause because we deal with hormonal changes at the forefront and then work to really resolve many of your midlife symptoms and make you feel the happiest and healthiest human being that you possibly can. And I say that really because we are growing exponentially and growing really, really fast. Uh, MIDI launched in 2022, seeing patients in California, and we have now expanded to Massachusetts, and we are now open in many other states like Arizona and Michigan, and very soon to be New York and uh, Alabama, and we are just on a roll. So it's really, really amazing. And along with that, that means that we have hired a lot of clinicians and we went from three um, mediatricians is what we call, uh, we call ourselves amongst uh, the midi team, uh, almost up to six and nine, in addition to the, the three mediatricians and, and NPs working um, initially. And there's a lots of, uh, of course, there's some physicians and DOs and, and naturopaths and things like that. So it's a big, big team. It's growing really, really fast. And every Wednesday, we have a clinical education session and I ask them, what are the questions you guys are you know, what, are the, what, are, what, what do you guys want to talk about this week? And progesterone intolerance came in. And I kid you not, uh, I'll, I'll screenshot it over on my Instagram, but so many of you on the same day asked about progesterone uh, sensitivity, what to do if I'm sensitive to progesterone. I think this is also a great topic this week because in the last two episodes, we talked about perimenopause. Uh, first, the first episode of the year, I talked about you know how to determine if you're in perimenopause, what are the signs and symptoms you should be looking for. And then in the last episode um, that I just put up or the second episode of the year, I talked about how you could treat perimenopause. And one of the ways that we treat perimenopause uh, most commonly, if you as a patient presents with symptoms that sound like low progesterone is 
to replace. You got it, your progesterone. And often we do this with uh, one of the formulations of progesterone used most commonly, micronized natural progesterone, also known as Prometrium. Now, this form of progesterone has a lot of benefits. One of the reasons we like it a lot is because it falls under bioidentical. Bioidentical is a term that I have a love-hate relationship with, really because the term has kind of been used and abused to mean things that it really doesn't. All that it means is that the micronized natural progesterone is a plant-based derived medication that has a chemical structure very similar, nay, I say almost as similar as progesterone that your body produces naturally. But do not be fooled. This is still, uh, you know, something that you cannot eat enough plants uh, to get, you know, this type of progesterone. It's still, you know, pharmaceutically made and, you know, made in a lab and, and sent to the pharmacy and you pick it up and you take it. So it's a bona fide medication, but it's the bioidentical FDA approved uh, form of progesterone that is, again, also has really a great safety profile. And so there's another reason we like it. The first is that kind of bioidentical hook. And the second is it has a really nice safety profile. Now, what I mean by that is if you actually were to dig way, way back into the women's health study and really, really dig through this question about increased risk for breast cancer, many menopause experts do think amongst themselves that it was not or is not associated with the estrogen or estrogens per se, but more associated actually with the progesterones or progestogens, which may totally shock your world, but Without going too far down the rabbit hole, let me explain this. The Women's Health Study, I have a great podcast episode on it uh, back that I did in uh, probably this summer or so of 2022. Um, it was a 20-year anniversary of the Women's Health Initiative. And so if you're really interested in a really fascinating deep dive, please scroll back and listen to that episode. But the main things to know are that the study was separated into two arms. The first arm was women who did not have an intact uterus, aka they'd had a partial hysterectomy or just a hysterectomy. Didn't matter if they had their fallopian tubes, ovaries, just their uterus was removed. And for those women, they took estrogen only. And in the WHI, it was conjugated equine estrogen or Premarin. The other group was the uh, estrogen plus progesterone arm, which was conjugated equine estrogen and medoxyprogesterone acetate for women with an intact uterus. And the main role of progesterone in HRT is to protect your intact uterus because very, very early in the WHI, you may not know this, but that's where they realized, oops, we were increasing the risk of uterine cancer when we gave everyone estrogen without a progesterone. And of course, you can't get uterine cancer without your uterus. So this was in women who had an intact uterus. Now, after 5.2 years of the WHI, the estrogen plus progesterone arm, the progesterone formulation, if you care to really dig deep, was medoxyprogesterone acetate, aka Prempro is a medication versus Premarin without the pro in the estrogen only arm, the PREM pro group showed a slight increased risk in invasive breast cancer. And the risk was four women out of a thousand women over five years who took oral PREM pro 
But the kicker of the story, ladies, is that the women who took estrogen only had statistically significant reductions in breast cancer. Now, not after 5.2 years, but after about 10 and then 12 years later. And that reduction in breast cancer persisted after stopping the estrogen only. So if you're following me or if you're confused, the basic... The, the, the too long didn't read here is that if you took estrogen only it reduced your risk of breast cancer, when you combine it with progesterone, that slightly increased the risk. Now, further studies have shown if you change the formulation of progesterone to a more bioidentical or naturally derived progesterone, that risk decreases even further. And I uh, spoke about this at NAMS, the North American Menopause Society's annual meeting uh, in 2022, and I did a whole podcast episode about that. And what research shows or what a lot of studies show is that when using micronized natural progesterone, aka Prometrium, we don't see that, and I'll tell you what that is, we don't see that increased risk of breast cancer. And that increased risk that they're comparing it to was a risk with PremPro, which was four women out of a thousand over five years who took oral PremPro. That, that risk is actually a less of a, an associated risk because these are associations. These are not proven causality. These are associations that is the same or actually lower associated risk of getting breast cancer if you're obese or if you're overweight, right? Or you drink a glass of wine every day or you're a smoker or have hypertension or diabetes or any of these those combined. So actually, this is a long-winded way to say micronized natural progesterone or prometrium has one of the best safety profiles. So that is reason number two why we like to use it. Reason number three is that for many women, progesterone can have uh, some reduction in symptoms, namely insomnia and anxiety and intermenstrual or breakthrough bleeding. So a perfect example of when to use micronized natural progesterone is potentially a patient in late perimenopause who's still having cycles. Maybe they're getting a little irregular instead of every 20 days are now 36 days or 42 days. She's having a lot of insomnia and worry and anxiety at bedtime. Micronized natural progesterone or Prometrium will have actually several benefits. One, it will actually help to keep the uterus healthy. Um, number two, it could help to alleviate her symptoms. So it can help her to feel a little calm and just drift off to sleep because it can make you a little somnolent. And, you know, there we have better sleep because you might get deeper sleep and it can really improve those symptoms. For a lot of women also, then if they get further into perimenopause and they start getting the drenching night sweats and hot flashes um, or <clears throat> joint aches and pains or bone loss, then we add a little bit of estrogen. And now you've got an estrogen and a progesterone. And she's already on the progesterone, right? It, assuming in this case, sorry, this, this woman, this theoretical woman has a uterus. Because hysterectomies are not as routine as they used to be, say in the 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, I do find that you know probably 70 to 80% of women still do have an intact uterus around the time of menopause, but it depends on a lot of other factors. So let's use another example of when to, I like to use micronized natural progesterone, which is when I'm prescribing estrogen for anyone who has an intact uterus. So a perfect example of this is just, you know, a patient who comes to see me and she's complaining of hot flashes, night sweats, and bone loss and vaginal dryness. So we start an estradiol patch and because she has a uterus, well, boom, we add the progesterone because 
Otherwise, I could increase her risk for uterine cancer. Now, as long as your estrogen and progesterone are balanced, there is no increased risk for breast for uterine cancer, I should say. It's all theoretical. And this is why we want to avoid what we call unopposed estrogen, estrogen without its friend progesterone for women with an intact uterus. Now, you could also use micronized natural progesterone or prometrium if you don't have your uterus and it alleviates those symptoms, particularly the insomnia or the anxiety or irritability that comes along with uh, low progesterone. So another example is I could have a woman who has uh, no uterus, no fallopian tubes, no ovaries. She had them surgically removed for fibroids and or endometriosis. And for whatever reason, she wants to try progesterone without estrogen to see if that alleviates symptoms and very well it could. Now, we haven't even gotten to the juicy part yet, which is what to do if you have progesterone sensitivity. But I really wanted to set the stage for why we like to use micronized natural progesterone, um, what are the indications for it, and give you a couple of examples. And those were long-winded, but but if you're still here, kudos, girl, kudos. Okay, progesterone intolerance tends to happen not with not with all women, but with some just to the micronized natural progesterone or prometrium. That's such a mouthful, such a mouthful. And I'm not exactly sure why that is. So what are those symptoms? Sometimes it can make women feel more bloated. Maybe they feel like they have gained weight and they have some water retention. Maybe they feel too sedated and they feel fatigued the next day, or it just makes them feel some kind of way. That whatever that kind of way is, it doesn't matter. When my patients are telling me this did not work well with me, I did not react well, I always err on the side of my patient does not do well on this. Let's figure something else out. And that's how it should be. Women are told way too often, way too often to just push through, push through the pain. Period pain is normal, you know, just post up, post, post, post up. But part of uh, depression and anxiety and uh, pain and dryness, these are all normal. Just push through them. I think we've heard that plenty in our lifetime. You don't need to hear it from me also. Now, when it comes to Prometrium in particular, it's a really interesting medication because I find about a third of my patients love the Prometrium and its side and its effects. They're just like, oh my gosh, it felt like like a warm blanket, just like engulfing me and it just melted away all my symptoms. Great. And then a third or so of my patients find that eh, it really had no effect one way or the other. I just take it, Dr. Hirsch, because you tell me because I'm on my estrogen, so I have to take it. And then about maybe 10 to 15 to 20%, I know this isn't really equaling 100, but just go with me, of my patients say, no, that didn't, I did not feel good on that type of progesterone. Now, if you're using it for symptomatology only and you're not on an estrogen, then you don't need to worry about this. But if you are taking an estrogen and you have an intact uterus, we got to find a different form of progesterone for you. Now, my, in my years of clinical experience in doing this, about a decade or so, I really will say the, the thing that I find works the best is the most invasive, which is placing an intrauterine device. Not all women want to do this. Not all women want to have a procedure. And certainly there are barriers. You've got to, you know, get it placed and it's uncomfortable and make an appointment and just, you know, you just things. It's just things to do. You already have a thing, menopause. I know you have a thing, a side effect. And now you have to do another thing. 
go get this procedure. The 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 IUDs actually work really well because they provide local release of progesterone to the uterine lining only. And you should not get any systemic levels of progesterone to any degree that should feel like taking the oral micronized natural progesterone, aka Prometrium. So in all my years of doing menopausal medicine and having women with sensitivities to progesterones, I do find the IUD clears this up 100% of the time. Really do. I, I have yet to find someone who placed an IUD and then thought like, nope, that doesn't work either. And while it certainly is the more the, the more annoying of the options here, which is to try and switch to different progestogens or or different routes or different dosages, which I'll get into, it really nails it out of the park in terms of all the different types of trial and error that one might have to do. So I find my patients place that IUD, that irritability or bloating or water retention from the progesterone is just gone. And they either, and then they're probably using an estrogen, either a patch or a tab or a gel, and they feel great. Let's say you just, you cannot wrap your mind around having an IUD placed. And yes, you can have an IUD placed not for contraception, but for endometrial protection. You can tell your doctor the ICD-10 code is, an, is you know, endometrial hyperplasia because essentially it is, um, and heck, men, many of you can still say it's contraception because does your insurance company know that, you know, what your eggs are doing at any given moment? No. Um, but an, an IUD is really something you can use as a part of your HRT regimen. It's something I will use. Um, and I have said that publicly many, many times. I have an IUD. I've had many IUDs. I take them out and have children put them back in again. They're really, really convenient. You don't know that they're there except for you, like I do. I'm knowledgeable that I remember it. I remember it placed, but um, I don't notice it. I don't have bleeding. I don't have periods. So it also stops breakthrough bleeding on your hormone therapy. It's a great option if you feel like you need a little bit more estrogen, but then you get bleeding when you turn the estrogen up. An IUD can also help, you know, basically take uh, that bleeding off the table for you so that you can change your estrogen dose a little bit um, with more flexibility. Um, and it's just going to protect your uterus. It's been shown to decrease the risk of uterine cancer. And that's probably because it's releasing that progesterone right to the uterine lining, right where it needs to go. I just, <laughs> without having an audience in front of me, I, my inner dialogue is like, Heather, you are speaking so fast. No one can understand you. So I'm sorry if I'm speaking fast. The TLDR on that is IUDs are great. And honestly, you should go for it because it works a lot of the time. But if you're not there, there are different formulations of progesterone that can be tried to see if the, if the sensitivity is really just to the prometrium. So I know that means, you know, leaving that bioidentical progesterone, or it means leaving the really nice safety profile. But look, even if we look at Provera, which is the sh short way to say medoxyprogesterone acetate, the progesterone that was used in the WHI, these are not astronomical risks either. Um, and <clears throat> we need to find something that's going to work for you in your lifestyle and your health and your priorities and with your history and all of those things. So it, it, it can't just be because of one factor. The next thing I would probably go to is norethindrone. Norethindrone is a formulation of progesterone that's in many types of hormone therapy. It's in the combi patch. The combi patch is a combination of estradiol and norethindrone. 
And sometimes just coming off the Prometrium and going on norethindrone can help you reduce those side effects that bothered you from the Prometrium. Another option is a combined oral tab of estradiol and norethindrone. And this medication goes by the name Activella and the brand name is Mimbi. And these, again, oral estradiol norethindrone combinations and can be used to see if you'll tolerate them better than the micronized natural progesterone. Another formulation of progesterone that you could try is levonogesterol, which is in the Chimera Pro patch. The Chimera Pro patch, unlike the Combi patch, is a seven-day patch, whereas the Combi patch is a three-and-a-half-day patch. It's changed twice a week. Now, insurance tends to like either the Combi patch or the Chimera Pro patch for some reason or another. But again, if you are dealing with some progesterone sensitivity, I think it's worth trialing different formulations. So you could do levonogestrel and estradiol, which is in the Chimera Pro patch. There is also norethindrone separate, meaning you can just take norethindrone at, at bedtime and replace the micronized natural progesterone with norethindrone. And you could do that with your oral estradiol or your estradiol patch or estradiol gel. And that also goes by the name Agestin. So if you see Agestin on your medication, that's just the, the brand version name of norethindrone. So those are different formulations of progestins that you can try that are FDA approved. The other thing that can be tried, and it's not my favorite thing because there's just not as much robust science on this, but is to use Prometrium intravaginally. So using the micronized natural progesterone instead of orally intravaginally. In theory, it's still traveling systemically. It's getting absorbed through the mucosa of the either the upper third of the vagina or, or the cervix. And it should be traveling systemically because we need it to protect the uterine lining. That's why you're taking it. Uh, I usually have my patients do this nightly. Some of my patients still do it cyclic. So they use it 12 days of the month instead of 30. Um, but it's another option that can be tried. And then the other one is it, you can you know, consider compounded progesterone um, in coconut oil that's slow release. This also, because it's compounded and it's not rigorously studied, is definitely not my preferred, I would say, method for my patients. Like if we've, you know, talked about the IUD and that's either a no-go or we've tried, you know, all the different formulations of progesterone, we could certainly compound progesterone uh, by via via compounding pharmacy with a slow release so that you're not getting this big wave of it right at night when you take it. So those are other options, other options as well. Then it can also get, you know, a little squirrely on dosing. So there's continuous dosing and there's cyclic dosing when we're talking about progesterones. And specifically, let's go back to micronized natural progesterone. So this is something that at MIDI, you know, we really do 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 a lot of shared decision making with our patients um, and really engage with you to kind of help you decide what's best for you, right? So continuous progesterone means you take your progesterone every single night. That either means if you're taking a separate progesterone like the Prometrium, or let's say for some reason you're taking Agestin or Provera, you take it every night, and you've either got your estrogen tab or your estrogen patch or your estrogen gel. You can also take it cycled, which means 12 days of the month. And the reason to do that is because studies do show that that is 
is a minimum amount of progesterone required to protect the uterine lining from the estrogen that you're also taking. So in theory, the TLDR on this is you really only need progesterone for 12 days of the month. So how do you decide? Cyclic or continuous? Well, if you're one of those third of women that love the progesterone because it has just this great effect on alleviating your symptoms, then take it nightly. I'll always meet patients that are like, oh, those first 10 days, I feel so good, you know, with my progesterone. I'm like, let's take it nightly. And they're like, oh, wow, you can? Yes, of course. You definitely can take it nightly. So then we'll have my patients take it nightly if it's providing a lot of symptom relief. Another reason people take it daily is if it's in a combination, right? So we talked about the combi patch. We talked about the Climera Pro patch and those tabs that are combined, Activella and Mimvi. There's even another one called Bijuva, which is estradiol and microdose natural progesterone combined into one tab. So obviously then you're taking it daily because it's combined. And the other women who take it combined are usually, or sorry, the other women that take it continuously I mentioned there's a third of women for whom it has no effect on. It's just, it's neither here nor there. They just take it because they say, Dr. Hershey, tell me I've got to take it. I let them choose. And sometimes they just take it nightly because they'll say, I forget like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden it's the fourth of the month and I haven't taken it. And oh my gosh, just let me take it every night. I'll just be, you know, more compliant with taking it. Now, if you have progesterone sensitivity or you would rather take it 12 days of the month, then do it cyclic. Do it just the 12 days of the month, and that can reduce the burden or the side effects as well. Not, not exactly recommended, but I certainly have patients who will also take micronized natural progesterone every other night, um, and they seem to feel like as though that's just better than taking it for 12 days of the month um, altogether. It must have some like diluting effect for them. Um, and I have certainly some patients that do that. I I've ha- actually have no problem with it. <clears throat> the reason we like to cycle them on days that are combined is it kind of goes back to this old theory of trying to determine if you have any breakthrough bleeding, if it's abnormal or normal. But again, look, everyone's a little different. Everyone's piece of the puzzle is different. And there has to be a lot of individuality and thinking outside the box here. So you could also try and use the Prometrium um, cycled as opposed to continuous. And And that's a little window into how we help our patients decide which way to go. I've been talking about progesterone for 26 minutes and I love you guys so much. I love my listeners. Um, thank you for listening to the show. I'm really excited to tell you, um, if you don't know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, um, I moved to upstate New York, um, at the end of 2022 to join as one of the clinical leaders at Midi Health and just couldn't be happier. And in my new house, we had this cedar closet and I've turned it into a podcasting studio. And it's very mountain fresh in here because apparently if you paint a cedar closet, um, it like all the little cedar things do their cedar thing. And so it smells really mountain fresh. <laughs> so I had this guy uh, who's helping to <clears throat> redo our basement come and look at this little closet. And he's like, you call yourself a professional podcaster and you've got this funky looking closet. And I'm like, yes. 
he's like, all right, let's, let's do something cool. So I'm thinking about some drywall and some chairs and some painting and some video to go along with my podcasting. And I'm just really, really excited. So thank you guys so much for supporting the show and listening to the show. If you love the show, please share it with your friends. Word of mouth is always the best way to spread ideas and to essentially raise awareness for um, health issues that affect women um, for the the third of our lives uh, post-menopause. And if we even move a little bit further into the perimenopausal stage, which I podcast about a lot, pretty much half of our lives. Um, if you're interested in seeing a clinician, I work at MIDI Health. You can go to joinmidi.com and click um, get book a visit. And there are so many amazing mediatricians, clinicians at MIDI, and they're all wonderful. Um, you are in amazing good hands. And I know that you're going to feel so supported through your menopause journey. Um, and thank you so much. So much exciting stuff to come in 2023. Uh, definitely follow me on social media so I can ask you what you want to hear next on the show and everyone have a wonderful evening. I'll see you next week. If I haven't already done so, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to my show. Consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. Also, if you love the show, your stars or a quick review could really help other women who are searching for information on menopause and midlife around the globe find this show. If you want to work with me, consider the Reclaiming Menopause Masterclass. The link for that is in the description to this show. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for all your support, and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode. Thank you.